Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another exciting episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop, bringing you the best in Scottish and American accents since 1994. That's actually the first time that I came to the States. Anyway, so I've got a great episode for you this week. I think you're going to love it. This is all about life change, of course, and much of the stuff that I cover, you guys, is about you navigating life itself. But all too often, I notice when I go on to social media in particular, and one of the statements that draws this kind of response is when I say stuff like real life change requires a change of action, or life only ever changes in the paradigm of action. What does that mean? It means you cannot change your life by thinking good thoughts. You cannot change your life by positive thinking. You cannot change your life by trying to diminish the kind of negative thoughts that you have, no matter the degree or the frequency that you have them. Now, because that idea, by the way, is based in physics. All right. Now, if you want a better paying job, you are not going to get that job by sitting at home thinking positive thoughts. If you want to lose weight, positive thoughts are not going to save you. If you want to curb your spending habits or deal with your tendency to indulge this thing or that thing or another thing, all the positive thinking in the world will not save you. Now, I know there are people who are out there right now who are horrified, right? Oh, my. God, Mr. Scottish person, how can you say such a thing? The self-help industry is completely awash with people who are instructing us how to change our thinking. I know. And they're all fucking wrong. And I really mean that <laughs> with all the best intention in the world. There's a physicality to life change that you cannot deny. And even if you spend the next six months of your life changing how you think so that you change how you feel, you will still have to take the actions, the actions, the things you have to do, the things you have to stop doing is where the actual life change happens. Now, which gets me to my point, because every time I say you change your life by doing, not by thinking about doing. I often get the response like, well, the initial one is usually easier said than done, right? But like I said on a previous war on words, 
Fucking everything is easier said than done. Fucking making a cup of coffee is easier said than done. Going to the bathroom, easier said than done. So we have gone over that. You get that. It's one of the most boring, stale, and useless statements you can make. So you should stop using that statement. But then people say, well, I don't know where to start. How do you start? Or another question that people often ask me is, yeah, I know it changes in the paradigm of action, but how? Okay. So the first thing I want you to consider, if you find yourself in that place, like how do I make change, Gary? I want you to try on the idea for yourself that that's a statement that you're making to buy yourself time. That that's a statement that you're making that actually amplifies and beds in the idea that you are unable of exerting change in your real life. There was something, this is a long time ago I read this, but I read this piece about the guy who discovered the human genome. And I'm going to bastardize what the guy said. So you'll have to bear with me. But he said something along the lines of, we weren't looking for the human genome, but we were looking for something. When I first heard what he said, it really inspired me because I really got like, they were the kind of people who were out to explore and take, by the way, the kinds of actions that would result in new discovery. So that is, they weren't exactly looking specifically in a certain area of, in their case, genetics. They weren't looking specifically for that. which. When you think about it as a human being, that's often our biggest problem. Like we think there's like a, a line between here and what's next. We think there has to be a clear roadmap. We think there has to be at least the semblance of a plan, which sometimes helps, but not entirely necessary. Okay. So I want you to understand if you are honest with yourself, if you're sitting in your car right now, driving to work or you're sitting at home, or you're at home doing this thing or that thing, and this is on the background, whatever you're doing, if you're vacuuming and making the dishes or making yourself something to eat, or you're running after this thing or that thing, pause for a moment. And I want you to really think about your life right now. And I want you to give some attention to what it is in your life that really needs to change. Like, this is just not good enough. And when I say good enough, I mean, it's just not acceptable. Like, you could be doing better there. Or you could change that. Now, I want you to focus on that, first of all. I want you to focus on that area of your life that you, when you tell yourself the truth, which, by the way, is where all great transformations begin. They begin by telling yourself the truth. When you tell yourself the truth in that area of your life, it's unmistakable what needs to change. This cannot go on. I mean, let me take that back. It could go on, but you and I both know that it would be bullshit. Now, this is where people invariably get stuck. 
because they have things in their life that they know require change, but they've become so accustomed to them that the idea of change immediately throws up a litany of reasons why they cannot. Okay, so might be because you're struggling at work, but it pays the bills. And you hate that job, but it pays the bills. So you stick it out. It might be that you're in a relationship and you cannot stand this relationship. It's just not for you anymore. But yet again, there you are, hanging in there. So I want you to really take on the idea here that you, like all freaking human beings, are addicted to the familiar. It's not a comfort zone. I mean, I've talked about this many times, but it's not a fucking comfort zone. Okay, if this was a comfort zone, we'd all be living in comfort. This isn't comfortable. Much of what you're dealing with is uncomfortable, in fact. I'm going to invite you to take on that you're more addicted to the familiar than anything, even when that familiar is bullshit. I'm going to use the example of myself here, okay? So there are times in my life, especially when it comes to my writing, where I get stuck. In fact, I'm working on a new book right now, a book about relationships. When I'm writing, I go through these phases of like really intense lucidity with what I'm writing, okay? Like I'm really clear about what needs to go on that page and it's just pouring out of me. And then I get to a part where I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know how I'm going to say, I mean, I don't, oh, this is, that's a lot. I mean, I don't want to type all that shit. I mean, come on, it's just my way. So then I'll stand up and walk away from my laptop. And I kid you not, by the way, it might take me 10 days to come back to it. And I come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses. But I know, and then, and then, <laughs> like you, it weighs on me like a burden. So, well, I need to get back. I need to get that finished. I need to get back to that. And which, by the way, is a big part of my identity, right? My identity loves the idea of the burden, right? Because my solution to the burden is always hard work. And my identity just loves the idea of rescuing myself and my situation via hard work. So I tend to do that. I tend to build these little vignettes of trouble and then I can go in and solve them. And it's all automatic. I don't even notice half the time that I'm freaking doing it. Then how do I change that situation? How do I exert life change there? How do I stop putting up with, tolerating this kind of bullshit, this area of my life that I know should be better and yet it's not, but I know that it should be. And for you, you got to insert your own here. And then one of the ways that I really come to terms with it is I start to confront and I start to deal with what it's like for me to live with that burden. Who am I with that burden? And who I am with that burden, by the way, is suppressed and ill-tempered and stressed. Like I'm just, oh, I can't. And I realize all of those emotional states are my own doing. I'm doing that to my, every time I stand up and walk away from it, I'm doing that to myself. 
And I want you to confront the same in your own life. I want you to really give some thought to what is it you're fucking doing to yourself? What is it you're up to in your life? Like, how are you suppressing you? If you're a regular listener to Unfuck Nation or you've maybe only listened to one or two episodes, or maybe this is even your first episode, my approach in everything that I do is an approach of responsibility. When I hear, or when people hear me when I talk about responsibility, they agree with it. I want you to know, I haven't met many people. And when I say many, I mean any. In the everyday running of my life, I haven't met any people who are responsible for the kind of shit that I'm talking about. I've met people who are responsible, like they go to work and they're there on time every day. I've met people who pay their fucking credit card every month. I've met people who don't do this and don't do that or do this and do that, all in terms of like just being responsible for the quality of their life. But I'm talking about another kind of responsibility. I'm talking about the kind of human being who is not driven by circumstance. I'm talking about the kind of human being who operates at a level that's independent of their situation, that they can be responsible for their experience of being alive. That is that you own your experience of being alive. You accept that you're generating this experience of yourself. You're bringing this to the table. And I'm including those of you, by the way, that have been through items and issues and traumas and things. I want you to get like those items are those items. But now in your life, this is something that neurologically, biologically, psychologically, this is what you're bringing to the table, even though you might, you might not know this thing like you're doing it. That might not occur to you that, in fact, this is coming from you. But you are dealing with it. It is there. And so even if you're having these kind of automatic triggers and reactions, I want you to consider the idea that, all right, how can I be responsible for that this is an automatic trigger and reaction of mine? If I deal, if I'm suffering with this thing or that thing, if I have anxiety or I'm overly worried or I find myself lacking in confidence or I find myself wherever you might experience yourself in the more kind of negative states of your life, I want you to consider a new approach to that. And that approach might be one of starting to be responsible for that's now part of your mechanism. That's part of your wiring. And the question really is, what are you now going to do about that wiring? What are you putting in place? What have you looked up? What have you read about? Who have you spoke to? How are you handling living with this thing? Or in fact, are you just going to gut it out? Right? You're going to just throw your arms up like you have no say and that somebody else needs to rescue you right, or save you. I want everybody, though, to think, regardless of the kind of severity of what you're dealing with, I want you to start to look at it like, what's it really like for me to live with this thing? What do I have to deal with? And how does this impact me in the day-to-day living of my life? So I want you to hold it right there. I want you to kind of pause right there. I want you to let yourself stew in that. We're going to go on a very short commercial break. I'm going to come back from the break. I'm going to give you some real insight 
on not only how to start to handle your own kind of more negative or self-destructive ways, but what does it actually take for you to exert real change in your life? And as usual, if you want to be featured on the show, you can reach us, connect at garyjohnbishop.com, or you can leave us a message on the Unfuck Nation hotline, 646-450-3203, I will see you on the flip side. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome back to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. And we're dealing with this thing, like this thing called, how do I exert real life change in my situation? Because, you know, that's a big problem for many of you. I left you at the end of the last session, okay, the last section. I left you there starting to confront your experience, that is what it's like for you, and the area of life that you know you need to change. And that really is the catalyst in many ways. You have to get to the bottom of that. You have to start to kind of get a little sick of that. You have to get to the part where you're like, I can't keep doing it. And you got to set aside all the logic that you've attached to it, because you've attached logic to it. And the logic is, well, I can't because, 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 because. And it's not because of the wonderful things it does, right? It's more like the shitty things that it does that you have become so accustomed to that you've kind of let yourself live with it. So once you really let yourself be with that, that kind of little mountain, or it might be a giant fucking mountain for you, you start to come to terms with your time left on this earth. Now, you might be in your 20s. You might be in your 50s. If you just kind of like let go of like, well, there's a plan for me or I have the tremendous hope for the future. That's all nice, but that's all just to kind of sweeten the bitterness of the life that you've got. None of that will actually change your life. So this is a very cool way for you now to start putting a stop to this. And how you put a stop to it is you really confront what your life's like and you tell yourself the fucking truth. From there, this is when you start to use, first of all, use your imagination. And your imagination is, well, what's the change that needs to happen? What is it that needs to happen? Now, you might need to change jobs. You might need to get out of a situation. You might have said to yourself, I can't. It might be a geographical thing for you. I can't live here any longer. I can't live in this town any longer, this city any longer, this state any longer. 
I've always wanted to la, 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 la. I'm suffering here. I don't like this. I've got to go. Then you start to kind of look at, well, all right, what are the actions I need to take right now? Because most people, they look at the thing that needs to happen and they see the trail of actions that need to take place and they get intimidated by that. I'm going to use an example, right? Do not get hung up on my examples. Don't necessarily attach yourself to the example. It's, it's an insight for you to get. So I might say, well, here I am. I live in the back end of nowhere. And I've always, I've always wanted to live in Chicago. I don't know where I got Chicago from, but anyway, we're going to go with Chicago. I've always wanted to live in Chicago. The first thing you would do is get yourself informed. So you might go online. You might get an idea of like what you could do when you get there, like what you could do for a living, how you could support yourself, how you could this thing or that thing. You might then start doing some research in the neighborhoods and the areas of Chicago you'd like to live. You might start putting together a plan for yourself as to what you're going to do when you get there. That's step one. Those are actions, by the way, that are consistent with a new life. And that's important for you to remember that part the actions that are consistent with a new life. And again, it doesn't matter what it is, you guys. I could be talking about your body here, your finances, it doesn't matter. You ought to start defining what are the actions that are consistent with a new life. Let me give you another example. If you want to curb your spending habits, is hanging out at the mall supporting you with changing your, your spending habits or is it damaging you? So what's a new action? What's something you could do instead? What's something if you were somebody who was being responsible for your finances, for instance, what would you be doing that you're currently not doing? Or what would you be not doing that you're currently doing? So again, you would start to strategize that out for yourself. Then the next step is you would begin to take action, small actions that are consistent with that future. So the action might be, like again, if I'm moving to Chicago, I might start applying for jobs. I might start reaching out. Now, I've not sorted out the situation that I'm in. I might be in a fucking relationship with somebody and it's news to them that I'm going to move to Chicago. Well, an action that I might have is the action to have that conversation with them. I know many of you are in situations, and it's a shitty thing that we have to touch on, but we do have to touch on it. I know many of you are in situations where there's physical abuse, emotional abuse, that you're in a relationship with somebody who's gone down a pathway that you'd never anticipated. This might be your opportunity to tell yourself some truth about you and your life. All the hope in the world won't save you there, okay? But all the same principles apply. Your life becomes about filling your day with the future. That the more actions, and it really, you guys, this is fucking physics. The more actions you take in service of toward that future, the more that future comes towards you. The more you live the life of that future until it becomes, you guys got to get this, until it becomes an undeniable presence in your life. It's an undeniable presence in your life. There is a point of no return. There's a point where the future is so demanding. There's a point where the future becomes so fucking irresistible that you can't go back to the past. Often you can't see the ground that you've taken in service of that future until you reach that point. 
the point where you're like, oh shit, there is no going back. I've gone so far down. So listening to podcasts like this, oh yeah, I need to get to that. Oh yeah, I need to do that. Reading books, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Oh yeah, I'm really inspired to make that change. None of that makes any difference. Your life must become about the future. Not like the future is going to save you, but the influence of the future is going to change what you're doing today. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I said it that way. The influence of the future that you've created, that you're after, will shape what you're about to do today. If the future you've created is not shaping your day to day, you have not confronted the bullshit life that you have. You haven't. You're still tolerating it. You're still putting up with it. And you haven't gotten what it's costing you yet. And that really is where you got to start. You got to start with this is costing me my joy, my happiness, my love, my affinity, my sense of adventure, my passion. I'm cashing it all in for this life that I'm trying to maintain right now. So there you have it. It all begins in small actions, actions that are in service of your future. How do you do it? I've just fucking told you. Now, we get to the point of the show where I'm going to deal with our question of the week, right? Usually, by the way, this is a part of the show where Stephen comes in, our producer of the show, Stephen comes in, and he'll ask me the question. So I'm going to actually deal with the question myself this week and actually every week. Stephen's still here, by the way. Nothing's happened to Stephen. He's still burrowing away in the background, doing awesome freaking things to make the show sound amazing and to make sure you have a brilliant experience as a listener. The questions that I'm going to be taking every week, you'll find they're very crisp um, in terms of how recent I've received them. I've noticed like I was getting some questions and then we were holding on to them for a few weeks and then you would get the episode and la, 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 la. So anyway, these ones are a bit more current. And this is an email that I got from uh, Anna. And I got this email in the middle of January. And she says, hi, Gary. Firstly, I love your podcast. I listen to you every day when I walk my dog. And I love your books. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And she goes on to say, listening to you, I know you've mentioned a few times that you don't cut people from your life. And I now understand your rationale. And I agree with it. Well, that's a good start. She says, about six or seven years ago, I cut a friend from my life because I felt that I was more of a pet project for her. I was someone in her eyes that needed improving and saving. She didn't like me. It says sweating or drinking, but I'm presuming you said swearing. I could be wrong, but I'm presuming you said swearing or drinking. When I was around her, I had to behave accordingly. I was also her gap filler. I was the person she called for last minute events. All these things I hated, and hence, I really didn't enjoy spending time with her, so I withdrew. I made several attempts to talk to her about this, but I always ended up apologizing and feeling worthless. Hence, I got tired and walked away from the friendship. I don't miss having her in my life, but she has been stalking me, sending me letters and gifts, stating that she is there for me and her door is always open for me. I haven't made contact with her, but her actions unnerve me. How would you handle this situation? Okay. There's a few pieces, Anna, that's in this email that I find very interesting. The first piece you have to understand is 
would you agree with her that whatever behavior you were engaging in was in some way self-destructive? Because it sounds to me like she relates to you like you were in some kind of pathway of self-destruction, okay? So if you agree with that, then maybe she, her presence was kind of pushing an uncomfortable truth in your face. So maybe, maybe not. If you don't agree that your pathway was self-destructive, that your pathway was consistent with someone who was at the point in the life that they were at and it was fine and it was acceptable and it worked, okay? Then that's a different issue. So that's the first thing you got to separate for yourself. Would you agree with her notion of your being on a certain pathway that wasn't good? If you do agree with that, you can actually agree with her point of view and disagree with her methodology. So that is, I agree with what you're saying, but all the shit that you're doing doesn't belong in my life. That's not something I need. Also, it sounds to me like there were items there that went on in that friendship that you kind of put up with, but never spoke about, like you never brought it up. You never said, you know, when you do this or when you say that, that doesn't work for me. Okay. I'm not asking you to change. I'm just saying it doesn't work for me. And if that's a pathway you want to continue along then I just want you to know that won't work in my life. Do you get a difference when someone says that rather than you're out? The difference is someone gets to choose whether it's something they want to be part of. So if you look in your example, you were making changes in your life, but you were resentful of them. You were withholding and resenting. I think that's an interesting little tidbit for you and something you should pay attention to because I think it's something you'll do in other relationships, you'll withhold and resent. And by the way, the more you get into my books, you'll see we're all driven by some negative opinion of ourselves. That's something I dove deeply into with stop doing that shit. But anyway, that's a little sidebar. So I think you want to reach out to her. I really do. And I think you've really got to deal with whether you agree with her or not in terms of her view of you. And then if you don't agree with her view, you say, look, I'm happy living my life the way I am and that I'm not looking for the kind of friendship where someone is constantly trying to set me straight. Then you're, again, given her the opportunity. If you want to be my friend, I'm okay with that, but I'm not open to your quote unquote coaching. You get to live your life the way you want to live it and I'm going to do the same. Now, remember, Anna, if you are engaging with self-destructive behaviors, right? And look, everybody fucking knows if they're engaging with self-destructive behaviors. It's not like you're like, oh my God, really? That's self-destructive? Everybody fucking knows. If you are drinking in a way that's negatively impacting the quality of your life, you need to confront that if you are doing that. If you're not, if you're like the way I was when I was, certainly when I was in my 20s, I felt as if I was just going out and having a good time. There was a point in my life, though, where I realized that I had kind of skewed my notion of what a good time was. And that having a good time, by the way, has evolved year after year after year as I've, as I've gotten older. But then I, I do think you want to reach out and complete that aspect of your relationship. That is this dynamic where this person feels like they want to fix you. I also want to put in there, though, and this is the aspect of being responsible. This is somebody who at one point or other, you encourage that behavior. 
And you encouraged it by making the kinds of changes that she was suggesting. It doesn't matter whether that's in a friendship or a love relationship. When you change yourself at someone else's request, you are encouraging a certain dynamic. So if somebody makes a suggestion to you, though, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, that would be a good idea. You might say to that person, hey, I heard what you said. In hindsight, that is a good idea. What I don't want you to be left with is that somehow you're my personal coach or my guru. I'm an independent human being. I have an ability to think. I thank you for your contribution. I think it's a great idea of what I should do with myself in my life. I thank you for that. But I don't want you to be left with that somehow this is how a relationship will be. That's not a relationship I'm interested in. I want a friend. I don't want a coach, right? And by the way, she's not a coach because she gives advice. So if a coach is giving you advice, that's not a fucking coach. That's basically a paid friend, okay? Anyway, so this is something that you should really think about in terms of how you want to proceed with your life. I'm going to set up a scenario for you, Anna. And in this scenario, what you should do and not do will be obvious to you. In this scenario, you're somebody who is clear that you're now taking a certain pathway in life, that you're clear about who you are on that pathway, and that what you do is you're in communication with the people around you about who you are, about the pathway that you're taking, and that should they wish to be part of your life, that's the kind of human being that they'll be on that pathway with. You'll be sharing this phase in your life, but this is who you are. I'm telling you, Anna, every time I've done that in my life, the people that want to be in my life are there. And the people that want me to be different or my situation to be different, they're not there. They basically fall by the wayside. They go off in their own direction. And then the other little... Last little piece that I want to add to this, you said stalking me, okay? That's a word that you're using to describe things that she's doing. And she might well be taking actions that are consistent with that word, right? But if you spend a little bit of time getting in her world, sounds like she's somebody who's in her own way committed to you and committed to your well-being. That's also a piece of that conversation between you and her that needs to be addressed. Does she need to be concerned for your well-being or does she need to let go of that? You, like all human beings, Anna, you're not fucking broken. There might be things you need to introduce to your life. There might be certain things you need to let go of in your life. But that's it. And that includes, by the way, creating the kind of future that inspires you, that lights you up. So to sum it all up, no, I'm not a fan of cutting people out. I think it makes you smaller. I think we're always trying to make our lives more manageable rather than expanding ourselves. You're big enough to have this person in your life. I'm just not sure whether she's big enough to be in yours. And that really is where you want to come from when you're taking this thing on. As always, you guys, if you want to be part of the nation, if you want to be featured on the nation, if you want to bring up a subject for me, I'm happy to fucking take it on. You can leave me a voicemail, 
450-3203. You can email me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. But you can also reach out at the website, unfucknation.com. I always want to hear from you guys. I always want to hear what you're up to, what you're doing. That includes your victories. If you've read a book, heard a podcast, made a change, produced a victory, let me hear about it. Until next time, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. And uh, I'll see you on the flip side. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.